At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity. Get fast, reliable internet for any budget. Now qualifying customers can get Xfinity internet free through the Affordable Connectivity Program. That's right, free high-speed internet from Xfinity. And Internet Essentials customers can get equipment included at no extra cost. Get started today. Financial freedom, it's within everyone's reach. And this key shows you how to build prosperity and generational wealth for your family on Becoming the Bank. Hello, it's me, Anissa Keys, with Becoming the Bank. If you're tuning in for the very first time this week, this is a podcast that shares biblical principles and practices that have helped me to become a generational wealth builder. Listen, this is not a how-to podcast, but a becoming podcast. How do you become a wealth builder? How do you become someone that is financially free? Now, Wealth building is a challenge. I say this every single time. You can't expect to get there overnight, but I've found that the only way to do it successfully and effectively is by learning biblical principles and practices that have helped me to become. The word has helped me to change how I look at, how I deal with, and how I manage my finances. And I've become a bank, a financial resource to my family, my sphere of influence, and my community. The last time we ended our series on the mindset of a wealth builder. Yep, I don't know if y'all knew, but wealth builders, they think differently. They think differently about God. They think differently about themselves. They think differently about money and resources, and they always see abundance over lack. If you missed that series, please go back and listen. There's a wealth of wisdom in there. Today, though, we're starting a new series. It's an eight-week series on the B-attitudes. The B-attitudes. Y'all are like, what does that have to do with financially becoming free? All right, we're going to talk about it, right? So for those of you who don't know, the B-attitude comes from the Latin word betis, meaning happy or fortunate. The B-attitudes are a set of eight statements attributed to Jesus Christ in Scripture, Each of these statements contain a blessing for a particular group of people. The eight Beatitudes appear in the Gospel of Matthew 5, 3 through 5, 10, right? Each one of them includes not only a statement about who was blessed, but it also gives a short-term description, right, about what's in store for each of those people in those categories. Listen, it's important to note, these are direct statements from Jesus Christ. I mean, if y'all can't see how that's related to everything that we do, including how we become financially free, I don't know what to tell you, right? Just the fact that they're direct statements coming from Jesus means they give us some spiritual weight, right? They also provide insight into how Christians are meant to act, right? How we are expected to live our life and the life to come. We already know that everything in scripture is God inspired, right? Hopefully you're on this line, you're listening, knowing that to be true, right? That the word of God, that the scriptures are God inspired, God breathed, and that there are messages for us all through that, right? So at first glance, I didn't get it. 
I didn't understand how the Beatitudes were important to my financially freedom and especially to building generational wealth. But then the Lord reminded me, this is about becoming, right? This is a closer way that I become more like Christ, right? That I get closer and closer to fulfilling my freedom, my financial freedom, right? By being more and more like Christ. So this is not just about having characteristics of Christ. This is having the character of Christ, right? Characteristics are like different traits, different ways that you move, your attitude, personality, whatever, right? But then there's a way that you can have a disposition. You can have a posture that's like Christ. The B attitudes are relevant to becoming a kingdom wealth builder. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next eight weeks. I think this is going to be a pretty dope series. I'm excited about how God's going to bless me through it because he always blesses me first, right? Right. The very first one that we are focused on is blessed are the poor in spirit. This is coming right from Matthew 5, 3. Right. Chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, some have believed that poor means financially poor. I totally disagree. When I looked into some commentaries, this was really about a disposition of humility right? A humble spirit. So what does it mean then, right? To those who have the heart of the poor, they're humble, right? Those that have the attitude of the poor, they're humble. And most importantly, they are totally dependent and reliant on God. I know you've heard this before. I've talked about this several times, right? I cannot drive this home enough. Wealth building has to come with complete reliance and dependence on God, right? Being critical and crucial to your wealth building is you leaning on him and relying on him like never before. You want to build wealth? You have to have a humble heart. You have to be a humble servant. Your mindset has to be an obedient servant and not just to serve God, but to serve people. One commentary puts it this way, be the last of all, the servant of all, be humble, do not judge others and share all. That means you have to have the willingness to lower yourself so that God can raise you up. That means as you pour out, you are expecting God to pour in. That means you are obligated to constantly check your spirit. So listen. Even as your pockets grow, praise God, <laughs> your spirit will remain as if you don't have anything. I'm just going to say that one more time, right? So listen, even as your pockets grow, as your bank account grow, right? As the, as the, the larger side of the, your assets, right? As they grow, that you will remain poor in spirit. That means you will remain as if you don't have anything. Now, at first, I had to think, Lord, mm, I'm going to have a hard time with this. <laughs> I got this revelation a while ago, right? And this is the reason why I think God has always kept me in spaces and places where I will be reminded, right? Because just some of us just have more of a personality to be a little bit more arrogant or want to maybe be seen or like fill up on ourselves. And I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm one of those people. Right. So I think that early in the wealth building journey. Right. I was like not wanting to support others. Right. I, I had this mindset of like, Lord, I can't even help myself. Like, listen, they're going to have to 
get in where they fit in, right? Right. And then people always had their hands out because as soon as you get something, especially if you're around other people who maybe don't have even what you got, right? There's a desire of like, you need to share that, you need to give it. And I just wasn't down with this beatitude, poor in spirit. Nah, not me. Right. And so I had to think that even if they were worse off, right? I was still like, okay, y'all need to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? Just very self-righteous, right? Thank God for Jesus's grace and mercy in my life, right? Because really the Lord needed me to get to a place of having a poor spirit and he was not going to trust me with anything else, right? That I needed to have a disposition and a posture, right? Of humility before the Lord would trust me with giving me anything, right? Because he knew that I probably wouldn't be obedient with it. I wouldn't be relying on him. I wouldn't be uh, um, serving people that I would just use it, maybe and exploit it, maybe use it for my own means. So this be attitude actually had to come. I had to become poor in spirit to create sort of a discipline and a practice before God was going to trust me with anything. Now, that's what I believe. The word doesn't necessarily say that, right? We, we can take from this and we can extract for any important reason why you think you need to be poor in spirit. But we do know that you need to have a dependency on God. You need to be humble in all your ways, right? And God needs you to be that way, to put you into other spaces and places where he relies on you to serve. It's part of the reason why I think that I stay rooted in my community. The, the reason why I kept my children at the same local schools, the reason why I continue to do things, some things different. Right. And even as I begin to do those things, I had to continue to bring myself back to this posture of a lowly spirit. Right. I had to constantly be around things that were going to bring me back to a posture of a lowly spirit. Right. It seems like that the more you get, the easier it is to leave that posture. Right. I think the word talks about that. Right. It talks about how it's easier for a camel to get the eye to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. I think the objective for God giving us this beatitude for Jesus saying this right is that, listen, in order for you to have generational wealth, in order for you to have financial freedom, I first need you to be poor in spirit or you ain't going to know how to act when you get to that space where you have it. Right. And then I can't trust you with it and I can't trust you with it. I'm not going to give you more. Right. So this was something that I had to learn before I got into a space where I would have anything. The Lord had to first check my spirit. Okay, listen, I always do this. I always give you guys like these practical ways that I've used to become right. It's, it's not that I ever arrive. It's not that any of us ever arrive on this side of glory. Right. It's always about becoming. And so here's three things that I've learned. Right. About becoming someone who is poor in spirit. Right. Which means humble in their ways, relying and dependent on God. And first of all, I had to work to become someone that compares my actions to those in the word of God. Listen, the word of God, what we proclaim is truth. It is really easy to compare yourself to your neighbor to those that maybe have what you have, but live in the world under sort of a different doctrine, right? Under different laws, under different belief systems, different philosophies. It's really easy to compare yourself on a bunch of other people that maybe have what you have or have gone where you've gone. But I think the best way to check yourself to make sure that you remain humble, right? Is really to dig into the word of God that you read the Proverbs and the other pieces of wisdom that tells us this is how you are supposed to respond to others. 
This is how your spirit, right, is supposed to resonate around others. This is a really a great way for you to check yourself, right? And comparing yourself to other people does not give you an accurate view of yourself. This is really funny to me because I actually thought that I was pretty humble, right? Like I can tell y'all now that at that time that I was selfish and that I was very self-righteous, right? But I didn't even see that then, right? Like at that time I was like, man, I'm always helping somebody. I'm keeping this, you know what I mean? Or like, shoot, I'm, I'm good. Like I got me here, you know? Like I would attribute like things that were happening to myself. I mean, it was really when the Lord brought me to that floor with nothing that I was able to see like, yeah, that wasn't real humility. That wasn't really being poor in spirit. If I compared myself to other people, was I a good person? I don't know, probably, maybe some days, right? But if I compared myself to what the expectation was in the word of God, I needed a lot of work, right? I really didn't serve. I really didn't listen. I didn't really honor people. Instead, I was dismissive. I was disregarding. And the more money that I got, right? The more that I thought that maybe I arrived, I could see how I'd become worse and worse if I did not have this beatitude. I found <clears throat> that the word has always given us a way that we're, we should live, right? Always a way that we should conduct ourselves and our actions, right? And the only way that you're going to know if you're off in that is if you are looking through the word of God for what that reflective mirror should be about who you really are and what you need to change. Okay, listen, the second one. You need to become someone that compares yourself to Jesus. Now listen, word of God, Jesus. I know Jesus is the word, right? But I feel like Jesus gives us an example, right? <laughs> like, like I think Jesus definitely does not have every situation and every scenario. And so I think the word of God feels in like, for the most part, sort of like as this instruction manual, this manufacturer's manual of like, you know, these principles and practices that we can extract, that we can say, yeah, okay, this is how I'm supposed to be living. But if you want an example, right? I feel like looking at Jesus gives you a clear indication of what you are not, gives you an idea of what you should be working towards every day, <laughs> right? And so I don't even have to think that I'm something special, even if I am really realistic that I'm not anything special. When I look at Jesus, I am reminded regularly, right, that I got some work to do, right, that I need his grace regularly, right, that I need his love regularly, that I need his mercy regularly. So how do you become more poor in spirit? Compare yourself to Jesus, our ultimate example, right, of what we should be trying to live like, who we should be trying to be like, the character we should attempt to take on. And then the last one, number three, become someone that asks others to evaluate you regularly. It took me a minute to do this, but it is the most insightful, um, genius. I, I, I feel like asking somebody into your space, right? Asking them for an honest opinion to be reflective. Like these other ones that I mentioned before, right? Comparing yourself to the word, comparing yourself to Jesus. Those are still, there's this, there's this individual sort of process and insight that you have to have. But when you invite somebody else to take a look at your character, to take a look at your, you know, your spirit, I feel like they see through a lens that could be really objective. So you can't ask somebody who's a yes person, right? Yes, ma'am. It has to be somebody who really can give you insight, right? So if you have trusted, valued people around you that will give you the truth, ask them. Ask them about your disposition, 
right? Ask them about your your character. Ask them about your spirit. How do how do they how do they feel when they're with you, right? Does it seem like you portray a servant attitude, personality, right? Are your actions those of somebody who is humble? They are the perfect people to sort of assess you, okay? Those self-evaluating tools are great, but when you ask for somebody to evaluate you, you can get the real truth. Okay, I'm excited. So we're on a series talking about Beatitudes. We'll be here for eight weeks, going through each one to help us become some of the best characters in town, right? Become more and more like Jesus, right? How does this help us become financially free and kingdom wealth builders? Being more like Jesus helps us become better at everything, (laughs) right? So like that's ground one. But then ground two, I have a strong feeling that unless we take on some of these B attitudes, it's really hard for God to trust us with more. I don't think these attitudes are just like appropriated, right, to certain aspects of life. I think that God wants us to be good stewardships over what we do financially as well. I hope you take on some of these principles and practices to build generational wealth. And my hope is that you become a resource to your family, your sphere of influence, and your community. This is Becoming the Bank with Anissa Keys. I'll see you next time. Check back next week for more of Anissa's Kingdom Principles to Live a Prosperous Life. To find previous episodes of Becoming the Bank, log on to ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. At Hy-Vee, we take pride of being part of the communities we serve. In 2021, we donated more than 14 million meals, and this year, we're committed to doing even more. For over 90 years, we've been the place that people turn in time of need, and we take that very seriously. That's why we're loading our semis full of food this week and making deliveries across the Midwest to help families this Easter. To join our effort, simply donate when you're at the checkout. Together, we can make a big difference for those in need. For millions of Americans, the pandemic impacted our financial situations, and a lot of people lost their jobs. But that should not mean you have to lose your house if you can't pay for your mortgage. Listen, no need to feel ashamed if you missed a payment or two or three, because there's a local organization that's willing to help you get caught up on those payments so you can keep your home. Let me tell you about the Minnesota Home Ownership Center. It's a nonprofit whose sole purpose is to prevent you from going into foreclosure. The Minnesota Home Ownership Center has a network of organizations around the state to review everything with you, explain your options, and then advocate for you to get the help you need. And get this, they won't charge you because it's all free. Check out hocmn.org or give them a call at 651-410-1086 to set up an appointment. You worked hard to get into that house. Let Minnesota Home Ownership Center help you stay in it. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at uhc.com. Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details 
questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever, and understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being.